looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What's so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Unthinkable. <laughs> Unbelievable. There's a huge fire and a woman's supposed to take things in this way. Where civilization ends. The nightmare begins. Everybody get up, Sam! talking horror movies usually mm-hmm. old horror movies probably like 80s 90s yeah maybe and today yeah you know well we'll be talking about like pour some out for casey cake yeah anyways we'll be talking about horror movies we'll be over analyzing horror movies we'll be deep diving yeah into doing the... some uh, solid google deep dives yeah maybe occasionally touching on some like true life uh parallels or whatnot but always staying within a court mandated 100 feet distance from us and the reality of the situation (laughs) today our first episode we are talking about 1993 smash hit ticks Ticks. as as the title screen tells you in in lurid green in one of those classic it's like uh funny games or cabin in the woods where it's like it throws it right up in your face Hey man, sometimes you gotta just throw it up in the face. <laughs> and as we learned in the movie, the face is a good place to throw stuff. Oh man. Ticks well, stars um, Seth Green, Seth a very Green. young Seth Green with a very cool haircut and very cool glasses. He's like the 90s incarnate. But we've got lots of pretty solid actors mm-hmm. in this movie actually. So there's um, Peter Scolari, who's usually like the asshole dad in most things, or like the Villainous scientist. Definitely. Oh, villainous scientist is such a good uh, nomer. Amy Dolan's in, like, a super supporting role, but she's from, like, Can't Buy Me Love. Um, she's in Witchboard 2, Pumpkinhead 2. Clint Howard, who's, like, a pretty solid genre actor from, like, um, Leprechaun 2, The Dentist 2. A lot of a lot of sequel <laughs> actors we've gotten this one. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in... I Scream Man. I seem to remember oh, him like Ice on the cover. Yeah. Not I Scream Man. I've never actually seen it, but I seem to remember like seeing the video cover when I would go like rent movies back in like the the early aughts or whatever. So, okay, ticks. We open on uh, bubbling green goo in like a dystopian rusted out warehouse. And they make it pretty evident very early on drugs are bad. Because the whole reason all of this 
is happening, as we, we find out with this green goo, is um, it's in a marijuana grow up. Well, you could easily tell that because of the 25 identical silk marijuana plants, marijuana plants, <laughs> littered throughout this set. We've got this goo dripping down on this like very odd sort of, I guess it's, it's a tick sack. It's our hero. It's our protagonist, the ticks. It's the ur-tick. The ur-tick. The, the tick to beget all ticks. <laughs> and then from this tick, we cut immediately, smash cut. Uh, Seth Green is being left in one of the Los Angeles aqueducts, or aqueduct adjacent, by his father, who drives a crazy truck with the logo like sandblasted off the side of it <laughs> and logos are like covered up this is a running theme throughout the entire movie well i mean i feel like it probably didn't have the budget to like get the the a plus sponsors as such other 90s hits as that set well i'm barely talking right now That's uh great. we are also uh, enjoying this movie today with um Box red wine. Mm. I mean, it's not sponsored, but our beautiful box of uh, Merlot is keeping us uh, entertained. Yeah. So we meet Seth Green. We sort of, um, he's getting like flashbacks or maybe there's psychic visions of himself like in the woods as a child. As a chubby, he looks like the guy that get picked on on the football team. Oh, definitely. It's And this like comes back later and it's it still like sort of remains unclear like is it just like his anxiety is he having like these cassandra visions of what's going to happen i'll tell you what it is it's shoehorned in there it really is it's i mean it serves honestly it serves no point other than the one time when he's later talking with the uh psychiatrist daughter and he's like it's, you know sometimes i get a bad feeling and his dad is like, look, I'm leaving you here because I want you to get better. And then just sort of like summarily pushes him out of the cab of the truck. And it, there's no there's no like, oh, I love you, son. I'm going to miss you. I want you to get better. Now get out. I like I, one thing is at the beginning anyway. I mean, the, the, the doctor really lays it down like a couple minutes in. But just sort of like vague descriptions of these characters. Like we have friggin' Alfonso Rivera or Rivera playing this like street tough Los Angeles dude wearing like a full length duster. Full length duster, pajama pants, uh, like crazy Ray-Bans. And again, a hat with the logo covered up with tape. And immediately the, the first thing he's, he's challenging, uh, Seth Green to a basketball shoot off, which somehow Seth Green nails. I, and like, I'm pretty sure Seth Green is like super short too. But I mean, I guess I don't really know how tall Alfonso is. But I know Seth Green's probably like five, four. Like he's he's a tiny dude. One, your dad lets you off in the Los Angeles Aqueducts. Two, why did the doctor or whoever you're waiting to get picked up by? Say, like, hey, I'll meet you in the Los Angeles aqueducts. Well, but it's because these are inner-city children. And, like, this is where you meet up. You just, like, meet up in these abandoned warehouse parking lots. <laughs> it's, like, to really drive home, like, wow. 
hopeless kids are at... Yeah, the 90s, wasted youth. <laughs> so we meet the doctor. It's really unimportant. We'll just... he's Yeah, he's barely in it for bizarre reasons. And then his, like, his, his new, new wife... wife? Who looks like like Holly. a season one Law and Order female prosecutor? And, which is funny because I'm pretty sure Peter Scolari is also on <laughs> Law and Order. I think he is. Like I, he definitely either I plays think. like a a jerky rapist or he's like a a defense attorney who's just like a total tool. I mean, most character actors at one point play one or the other so so panic turns out to be yet another one of this motley crew who's uh panic being alfonso Rivera. yeah sorry Rivera. i i should have probably and then we also have uh what muffy Didi. oh yeah Didi. amy dolan the muffy character the like spoiled rich bee yeah, again, not really sure why she... Well, I mean, I guess the the doc really lays it down, but I don't know. It's just one of those... Okay, we've got... It's like a, a grab bag of, like, of... It's a very diverse cast, honestly. Yeah. How do we get a Heinz 57 of people in the same cabin in the woods, basically? <laughs> like, from extremely shy introvert to, like, outgoing extrovert. Well, we're putting them in this situation where, like, they're gonna get to conquer their fears, and maybe they'll come out as better people, and maybe they won't. Maybe they won't get out at all. No one really knows. You know, I guess if they were all the same, we would all just see them react the same, and that's not a very exciting movie. So, so who am I to judge (laughs) this writing? I've never made a movie before. Anyways, so we've got Dee Dee, who is... Wearing, like, a 60s, 50s style scarf. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, her crazy head scarf. And then her boyfriend. Rome. Ugh, the f- shredded. Wearing, like, a vest and no shirt? Snakeskin vest, no so shirt. So, you know he's no good, but Not he's sexy, so one. it's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So they take off in this VW van. It's not even like a cool VW van or anything, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like total just like garbage, late 80s, early 90s. Mismatched garbage. Disgusting van. Um, I don't know where they're going. Like we know they're coming from Los Angeles. But they never really like tell you, oh, here's, you know, here's where we're going and here's why. Yeah, we know they're going to this retreat. We're assuming to sort of like deal with their issues and like get some really solid one-on-one time and they stop to like go are they stopping to go to the washroom i have no idea maybe it's like checking the map or something but but... whatever they stop yep we get uh introduced really to uh alfonso ribeiro panics panics dog dog. whose name i cannot remember for the life of me uh, me neither, honestly. I have it written down somewhere. He's just but... like a cute Coley sort of thing. Yeah, okay. So when when the dog is initially introduced, when he's sizing up Seth Green, he's like, yo, you better watch it or else uh, I'm going to sick my dog on you and he's going to eat your legs. Yeah, but it's like the nicest dog ever. Yeah, it's a border Coley. <laughs> like, like... Like the one, like oh, I'm gonna stick my pomeranian on you, and he's gonna he's gonna kill you. <laughs> like 
basically the sweetest, coolest dog. They, everyone gets out of the van as you do, you know, whenever I was ever in a car as a teenager and the car stopped, me and my friends immediately all got out. Oh, immediately, out, definitely. Rolling around the grass. That, 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 that's what you do, man. As, as teens. <laughs> uh, and then they're like sort of, they're petting the dogs Seth mm. Green and Alfonso. Yeah. And uh, it's like, oh... Alfonso has very sensitive hands. Yeah, so he finds this a tick. Let's, yeah, the eponymous the tick. Uh, but it's this one's just a regular old tick. No Seth Green yeah. loves this tick. So we're getting like he's caring. He loves nature. Oh, that's a tick. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't really love nature because he does proceed to then yeah. set it on fire in a pretty spectacular yeah. uh, pyrotechnics ah, display. Gramp says you can't. Crush them. They're too hard to be crushed. You gotta light them on fire. That is a perfect Seth Green. Thank you. Thank you. It's like he's here. That is a recurring theme throughout the movie, though. There's a lot of extremely flammable things, apparently. Like explosions (laughs) and exploding things. Oh, sorry. uh, For our our dog in the background. Our producer. Yeah, she's always gotta gotta get a cameo in. Okay. So yeah, so they're at the gas station essentially. The gas station. Not even essentially. They are literally at the gas station. And it's one of those old-timey gas stations where uh literally the entire town hangs out apparently wearing leather coats. Like there's also a windmill there, like a tiny little windmill like one you'd have in your yard and I just want to say I had the exact same windmill oh, in my yard growing adorable. up. I know. But it's like a, it's a stone, like, raised, covered patio. Yeah, it's like your standard horror movie general store, convenience store, that they always have to, like, stop in, get some sort of, like, cryptic warning. Where people are staying on the porch. Oh, and then, so Alfonso and Seth Green, they are naturally digging through everyone else's stuff. Yes, and they and they find Rome's steroids, because how could you be that buff without... Having steroids. They are balloons as well. So I guess we're like assuming he had them up his butt. <laughs> balloons? Yeah, because he said they're in balloons. Later. Like it comes back later. Uh, he refers to them as balloons. Oh, I thought he called them blue bombers or something. No, balloons. Oh, good. So like I, I assume gross. like the... And then they pull out yeah. this giant strip of condoms. Yes. Because he's going to have sex. So much sex with Amy Dolan. 30 times. And, like, they're the cute ones, so it, it makes sense. And, granted, he's not the only one who wants to have sex with Amy Dolan. Who else does? Uh, oh, no. This creepy asshole? No, he's more into the doctor's daughter. Oh, the doctor's daughter. I can't tell Who is apart. played by Virginia Keene. Who is, honestly... Unfortunately, did not act very much after this. She was in like a few things, but nothing like super major. She this was... like total Gary Busey look like shows up while she's looking at this um, <laughs> anti like legitimately marijuana, marijuana destroys lives sort of style poster. So we get like the classic rapey locals, Who I like, guess. Hey girl, uh, you're awful pretty. I've got a whip for some reason, and my teeth. Yeah, but these two have the craziest affectations. They're like caricatures of of people. 
It's like a deliverance via California thing. And honestly, like the rest of this movie is at least grounded in some sort of reality. Yeah. But these two are just like so OTT that it is. too much. It's crazy. It's like the judge from Blood Meridian. And then they, okay, this whole movie has like A plots, B plots, C plots, D plots, E plots. Well, yeah, it's like this framing device of uh, Clint Howard, who is our like marijuana dealer from the start. And then we keep getting like back to him as the the tick sacks yeah. grow and they like mature. So he's he's the one tending to the yard. And he sets a, a bear trap, which immediately you know something is gonna happen with this bear trap. And because you don't just set a bear trap in a horror movie and expect nothing to happen. It's the whole movie is Chekhov's guns, one after oh, another definitely. after another. Because like Seth Green, like we said, introduces Oh, Fire. these ticks are flammable. Uh, oh, my dog is susceptible to ticks. Like, and then this guy's laying down a bear trap, not outside, not outside the door. As the ticks are like breaking through the floor in his workshop, just his on the floor, powers. like right behind where he walks all the time. <laughs> it makes no like what that's. See, this is the first start of my recurring segment. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you putting... A bear trap in the yeah. middle of a barn? Do you hate your feet that much? And, like, suddenly, like, he has a, like, a hamster that, again, serves no purpose other than, I guess, to, like, die. It's powering some aspect of... Like a rube... It's pump- No, it's pumping thing, that right? green stuff that made the tick into the ticks. <laughs> And then the the ticks, once they're not ticks anymore and they're the ticks, they attack the hamster and it goes from a living hamster to... Like basically an exploded hamster. Anything that really dies in this movie seems to just like explode. And get covered in cherry syrup. Yeah, like aggressively red. Or, or like red acrylic paint blood. Like it looks like he took lint and wrapped it in red ribbon. <laughs> The ticks, like, naturally. We we know this guy's going to get it because, yeah. A, he's disgusting. We know he's disgusting. Yeah. B, like, Clint Howard is yeah. a pretty familiar face. So we know, like, oh, this is a disgusting something's going to happen. So a second, what are you doing of this movie? Let me put my face as close to this dark hole where this crazy yeah, spider thing is. Yeah, but people love is. to do that in this movie. Like, people, for some reason, want to get their faces as close to these tic sacs as possible. And then, like, a friggin' idiot, he ends up stepping in the bear trap. Yeah. Which, he, if he would have listened to us, he w- it never would have um, happened. And it I, never would have happened. I said it very clearly. I'd like to think. But he's just walking backwards into it because he left it on the middle of the floor. And wouldn't you know it, when he falls back over... Tic Sac Palace, man. Like, it's raining Tic Sacs all over this guy's face, I guess we assume. Like, I don't know. Well, it is his face. So he, like, is lying on the ground. Maybe he's dead. Maybe he isn't. Uh, and then we cut back to like our our cute teens yeah. all arriving. Any We've got story. like the uh, the pretty girl steps in mud and she's like, ugh, I'm so over Nature. this. And like the Rome, our sexy shirtless man, mm-hmm. is like pretty much following suit. Basically, these kids friggin' hate this weird summer camp that they've decided to take them to. Alfonso is the first to call it out. Really. Yeah. To be like, wow, it's 
it's too quiet here. Because I guess, I guess we're assuming, like, the ticks ate all the wildlife. And, like, plus Alfonso just, like, oh he's, like, super on it from living, <laughs> as he mentions, because it's worse than the projects. He's used to the projects. And yeah, he, he will mention it street. several times. Can I also say I'm almost positive he's wearing the Nike shoes from, like, the Heaven's Gate. Oh, really? Like, I think his whole outfit is Heaven Gate, Heaven's Gate inspired. It might be, man. But then again, I also don't remember exactly when Heaven's Gate was, if it was pre or post and then like ninety three, we ha- get like the Christ. the classic uh, boys moving into their yeah their bedroom. Uh, they're being a little little saucy to Seth Green, and then he walks into this closet covered Ugh. in spider webs. I like Halloween. I'm terrified that webs. like oh this is definitely there's gonna be a gigantic spider that jumps out. But instead, we find that one of the tick sacks. It, which looks in the like a, closet. a fully grown human brain. And he like pokes it with a hanger. Yeah, a Oh my god, hanger. is this an abortion metaphor? It has to be. I just... Because he's basically killing these tic sacks. He oh pokes it. Oh my gosh. And all of this green goo comes out and it looks like... Yeah, oh my gosh. And none of them scream. And then the rest of... Our boys come Yeah, over. they're just like, they're oh, all like, cool. Ew. Alfonso steps on all these things. Wow. I didn't even, like, notice that the first time we watched it. Yeah. That's, like... This movie is really beating you over the head with its, like, very anti-liberal uh, yeah. garbage. Like, I don't want but to talk about that, really. But at the same time, like, it's very, like, back and forth. It is. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. There are a lot of Chekhov's guns, which I cannot wait to talk more about. We've already identified a couple of them. <laughs> they're, they're, again, like, they seem incredibly unin, like, pressed by this giant sack just, like, hanging. Like, if I saw one of those, I would be like, oh, wow, so I'm definitely leaving, or you need to get me the biggest can of rape like, I have ever seen in my life. How much have you ever seen green goo in nature of that viscosity. No. Tr- like, go watch this movie. You will see... It's like... It's, it's like, almost like motor oil. Yeah. It's like between motor oil... It's got the flow of motor oil, but like the goopiness of like... Like like a gel. Jello? Yeah. yeah. Or like Vaseline almost. Yeah. It's like... Honestly, the effects in this are pretty disgusting. Like, they really, yeah. really sell that these ticks are fucking disgusting like gross the worst creatures and that's why they're evil they're evil because they're gross and they're gross because they're evil oh <laughs> we get like the amazing uh so they like they're whatever they're over the friggin ticks then we get like this montage of the doctor who's honestly i can't remember his name it's i think it's like charles it doesn't matter he's doing it a honestly VO. doesn't matter he's, he's doing like, a VO. he thinks uh, he's richard attenborough yeah seven eighteen ninety three only one person here has survival skills. Like, hey, doctor, what? 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 Giving his, like, cryptic uh, descriptions of our, our characters. So I guess we are coming to know, like, their problems. Like, oh, uh, this girl, her biggest problem is she's all inside herself. Mm-hmm. She's lost in there. And it's like... It's really super pushing this sort of, like, man versus self, self versus nature narrative. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. 
And and it's like, um, what does he say? I got here. Those who cannot accept change will become aggressive. So naturally, because they can't accept change, uh, the doctor's daughter and Seth Green go for a yeah, walk. Yeah, his away. very rebellious, like super cool, like flannel shirt wearing daughter, she, Melissa. She's completely over this. She's done it. Oh, she freaking times. hates this. She hates this more than she hates Holly, her dad's new like slam piece. Yeah, <laughs> who he married. Oh, are they married? I know. I don't know. I, I really hope they are. They make each other so happy. I don't know. I was just like not invested in their relationship. I was much more into because uh, it's like one Roman DDs. It's one ten minute story amongst eight other. Yes, that's true. <laughs> we have that's a great. lot of like they, they try and like sprinkle a lot of romance yeah. into this movie, and I mean for a movie about ticks, like I gotta say it's pretty romantic. It's pretty romantic. It is pretty romantic. Yeah. Uh, well, something that you pointed out is that it tries to, like, borrow from a lot of other horror movies. And, like, the Doctor's VO is very, like, uh, Evil Dead 1. Oh, for sure. Like, it's, yeah, like, yeah. the, the, the friggin' tape that they find in the basement, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. foreboding. But, I mean, we're learning about the characters in... Honestly, what the writer was probably like, oh, wow, this is so much easier than actually showing any, yeah. <laughs> like, having them speak. Um, I mean, I guess 93, too. And there's a lot of, like, we don't stick with scenes very long in this. So well, they we get, like, so a lot fast. of, like, little vignettes about the characters, mostly Seth Green and, like, uh, the doctor's daughter. They go for a walk together. Like, we see it. They, for some reason, do for not see reason. all of these ginormous, throbbing tic sacs. There's a pulsating, gooping, like, intestine that's, like, lounging across a tree stump. Like, it's a panther. It's disgusting. It's and, gross. And it, like, farts or burps, burps, <laughs> multiple times. So, she just... Like, she's... She... She puts herself... They both put themselves in an awful situation. She ends up, like, standing right in front of one of these tic sacks. And, but thankfully, just as Seth Green is um, confessing his psychic abilities, like, he yeah. gets bad feelings before yeah. stuff happens. His tummy hurts. Yeah. And they never, we don't get closure on this, like... I, it's very open-ended. From here on out, you're exactly right. So, like, the, the tic... Of course, jumps onto her back. Whoa, there's something on your back, Melissa. You're lying. Don't joke around, Tom. Stop pranking me, Tyler. And then he tries to, like, poke it off with, with a, a stick. stick. With a stick. And it takes way longer than it should. The well, stupid thing will not come off her, of her shirt. It's because it's allegedly feeding off her back even oh, though it's not was it feeding off that's her back? why she was like oh it hurts so much oh my yeah, god yeah because she does say it hurts but she has then, no marks and her shirt's totally fine and they afterwards. as we learn later like they they make you like numb it's like an anesthetic so the we learn how like tough these ticks are because they like he freaking grabs like a puppy onto this stick that seth green's trying to whack it off of her back with and then oh, it, it like it runs away with, with the, the stick. stick, and it moves fast. Like oh this gosh, thing so is hot fast. to trot. But also, he's like, "What is that? What is that?" And you, Seth, Mister Green, you saw that earlier in the closet. 
You, uh, would, you can't connect these dots? But people, like, in this movie seem to forget that crap. Like, I, that's the same in most 80s movies, though. Like, it'll be like, oh, here's a zombie. And then five minutes later, they're like, oh, I don't know what's happening. But then, like... A in, second zombie. In classic horror movie fashion, they run back to Holly and Doc Charles, we'll call him, Chuck. Uh, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we just got attacked. And, of course, naturally... Our adults don't believe them. And Seth Green totally yeah, calls him out for he, it. Yeah, he fucking hangs that lampshade. Like, like, oh. Nobody ever listens to yeah. kids. And that'll explain why this doctor and his wife, professional therapist, won't listen to this behavior that's completely out of line for either of the two people. <laughs> yeah, it's just bugs. Don't touch them, Melissa. Yeah, best advice ever. And then, like the the two our our villains are rapey dudes from the um, the uh, gas oh, the station gas convenience station. store show up. Yeah, our locals. And we get to learn their like uh, weird dynamic where in which the one guy's name is Sir. Yeah, and he's like very pale. His his hair. He looks is like Gary Busey. His like he looks like he just walked through a cloud of flour. Oh, but. You better believe he carries a comb to like brush his hair with. With a flourish. Like, no, I think it's honestly because he knows there's ticks out there and he just wants to make sure like he's constantly brushing the ticks out. So I I think it's like a way of them being like, no, he's familiar with these woods. But they, they warn them about, oh, there's, there's dope growers out here. Naturally. Yeah. What do we think these two are up to? Yeah. Like he's wearing an ascot nothing good ever comes from someone wearing no. an ascot unless it is Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Can I just say... So Al- that's Sir, yeah. Yeah, Alfonso's playing the tough guy in this. I guess it's probably because my only reference to Alfonso's um, acting, mm-hmm. really, is Carlton. So this is just so different that it's it's almost jarring. And he's trying to play this like tough guy... And honestly, it's transcendent. It's like... <laughs> See, I never watched... Fresh Prince. No. If, you were missing out, man. Like, no, actually you weren't. I don't know. <laughs> but no shows in the 90s were good. No, no. And, and Holly offers the the creepy guys, the drug dealers, the erstwhile drug dealers, a hamburger... Yeah, like, and that's also a recurring theme throughout this movie, is it shows how disgusting the food that these people oh are eating. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's like to show how completely inept they are at, at cooking, like, oh, these city oh, slickers. Yeah. Like, the guy in the lab, too, He he's making tea, he has a china teacup, bone china teacup, but he keeps his cream in the lid of a spray paint can. Really? I didn't yeah. notice that. That is... That's a choice. I wonder... I don't know, Can man. I just say, you know what else is a choice? When you are the same guy, you wake up, find that there's something crawling under your skin. Yeah, it ticks, and your first instinct... Uh, oh, I'm gonna cut it out? No. I'm gonna shoot myself in the leg. I'm gonna take a handgun and shoot my legs off, trying to get a bug out. I mean, I guess, as we'll find out later, he might have been hallucinating, but... <laughs> Anyways, so... The, the kids hear the gunshots. Yeah, because he's shooting off... He shot his legs off. Well, yeah, basically. Well, no, because he's walking later. 
spoiler alert. So he's not even good at shooting his own legs off. We get our kids, they hear the gunshots, they lament about, oh, reminds me of home. Yeah. Then they dump a whole bucket of gasoline. Yeah, sexy snake vest dumps like a giant bucket of gasoline. The fire is so big that it interrupts the doctor and Holly and their bone time. Yeah. And he's so mad about it. He's like, like it blows in their window. And, and they're just like, whatever, man. We don't even know how oh, to start a fire. On. And it all is forgotten. Oh, wait. But there's that expository dialogue that's like, uh, what What are you kids doing? Don't you know? This area is a forest fire hazard. Yeah, super going back to like everything in this movie is crazy flammable. Chekhov's gun. Abnormally. Chekhov's forest. Yeah, man. So they like, I don't know. A lot of furtive glances exchanged. They're like, oh, we're so disappointed in you kids. You're acting crazy. And then Alfonso and Seth have this, like, heart-to-heart where uh, Alfonso's like, oh, you know what? You'd have to be more like my dog, who is currently getting attacked by ticks. (laughs) Yeah, this is, again, another Chekhov's gun. Uh, Alfonso's like, yeah, you should be like my dog. Never afraid of anything. The toughest dog in the world. Border Collie, the toughest, scariest dog ever, meanest, scariest dog. And then that dog, of course, eaten by ticks. Yeah, immediately. Which is awful. Can I just talk about how much I hate when they do that in movies? Yeah. Dogs are innocent souls, unlike these other teenage sinners. Yeah, definitely. These teenagers are way worse than this dog who's done nothing wrong. And like, I'm a tick. I've tasted human. Why would I ever go back to oh eating a dog? Oh my god, right? Ugh. But I guess, I mean, it serves as, like, a plot device. It always Because we get, like, the, like, the rot emotion from Alfonso oh. and Seth. Oh my god. As they deal with We're this, like, seizuring dog being eaten alive from the inside, I guess, by ticks. But you don't, you don't even see that, really, until they... Well, we'll get into that. Well, they, like, they go to the vet, They right? go to the vet. But first, Alfonso has to find it. And he's like, immediately, the second Alfonso hears that his dog's getting hurt, he's like, hey, yeah. Seth Green, go interrupt Which is post-coitus romance. Seth was having one of his psychic visions at the time. Yeah. His, his, ooh, oh. something bad is happening as the dog's getting eaten by these ticks. And it's like convulsing. It's in a bad way. You couldn't have had your vision, like, five minutes earlier and, like, maybe helped the dog whose name I don't remember because I tried not to humanize it because I know it's just going to die. Well, it sort of follows this path of, like, uh, I mean, it's very Cronenberg-esque anyways, but it's sort of like it where the first person, like, you know what I mean? It comes as a little bug, then it attacks the dog... And then it bursts forth from the dog. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's like a progression. And it, but but it's frustrating because you look at the dog seizing and convulsing, and, and it, you know you that feel ain't bad. Right. But you also know it's there's something like oh, definitely. Like, why didn't Seth Green tell everyone? Hey, I ran into a Cronenberg monster not once but two because times. Because they still don't even like. No one is acknowledging these giant tic sacs for some reason. Like, I would immediately be like, wow, this is not great, guys. Like, there's these giant pussy balls yeah, that I stuck monsters. a hanger in and green goop 
came out. They're hanging from the tree. We need to get out of here because this is obviously not cool. I mean, it's obviously better if I'm doing heroin than if I'm dying to this like radioactive yeah, green goop one way or the other, man. Anyways, but that's all for now because <laughs> we don't even have to worry about that. The dog's dead, so let's all just go to bed. And this is where we get Alfonso yeah, delivering some lines about grief. And he gets, he like, he takes off because he's so tough. He can't deal with his dog having ever, ever died. Because he thought he, he, the dog would outlive him. Yeah. They were, they were best buds. They were from the inner city together. Um, they've, they were they've been through some stuff, man. They've been the through script. some stuff. But like Alfonso is like, oh, my dog. One Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi. I don't know what I'm going to do. So naturally, when you don't know what to do, your first instinct in this situation is, I'm going to walk back to Los Angeles. Yeah, from the Redwood Forest. Yeah, I, like we're assuming this is northern it California, right? Northern yeah, California. I mean, all my years of playing Grand Theft Auto tell me that. And then like, okay, so it's, it's we go to the, the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. They're, again, making this disgusting food. I, like pancakes, hamburgers, it's really unclear. It's I like think a, it's pancakes. It's like could be eggs. Pancakes or eggs. It's burned and it's like a Japanese pancake in terms of thickness, but like the worst runniest omelet in terms of <laughs> like consistency. I don't it's amazing how they got it. <laughs> the sheriff shows up, who is Rance Howard. Um but you know, naturally, if you're if you're a, a psychologist or or a psychiatrist, a doctor, the first person you're gonna call when a dog seemingly dies of natural causes definitely is the sheriff. Definitely the sheriff. Don't take it to a vet or anything. Yeah, she's like, okay, she she like mushes pancakes into mayonnaise. I, it's, I don't know. It's upsetting to look at. It's our, it's Kelly, who we will learn more about. Yeah. As it goes on. She doesn't talk. She cannot Very cook. dramatic glances. No one in this movie can cook. They're all awful, awful people. TV perfectly age. They really are. But, I mean, they grow. We get to grow with them. We get to see them grow. Do we ever find out what Seth Green's key is for? No, I think it's just cool. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's got, like, a key pendant. A skeleton key. Ooh. For some reason, they put him in like the biggest clothes of all time. I'm not sure if that was just like a '90s thing, I mean, he or looks if it's super like cool. They just wanted him to look as childish as possible, maybe. Okay, this is one of my favorite parts in this because it's like a classic horror movie, like extremely small conflict breaks them apart. Where like, oh, you implied that it's my fault that this happened, and then they all run away from each other to get split up. Well, yeah, man. Seth Green is very sensitive with his psychic oh, anxiety. He's an empath. Yeah, forgot. How could I forget? <laughs> How could you forget? This is Tyler or maybe Todd that we're talking about here. He like runs off, and Melissa, the doctor's daughter, comes after him. So we're starting to see like the real yeah. initial romantic sparks fly. Like this is the conflict where they build empathy for each other. I'm listening to you. <laughs> I care about your emotions. He's like, he tells her, he either tells her this or he tells the doctor like, oh, 
Panic's gonna be fine. If you can survive on the streets, you can definitely survive out here. She says that. Is that what it's bull? Like, are you fucking kidding? What patronizing crap is that? I don't know, man. Don't I, worry about him. I mean, we're only in a horror movie and he's a person of color. Well, yeah, and like, Panic does not get a fair shake of it. He really gets punished through this movie in like an extreme way. And unfairly so. I think. He's already had a hard life. So Seth Green and the doctor, they end up taking the dog to the vet, who looks super friendly. Mm -hmm. She's really good at her job. We get this, like, really crazy scene where she's, like, examining the dog. The dog has been drained of all of its blood. Yeah, she can't draw blood from it anywhere. Except... She's, like, trying to, like... Pull the syringe out. It fills with blood. Finally, she hits the spot. And then all of the sud gets... Or the sud. The, the blood gets sucked back up into the dog. And she keeps trying over and over. Like, she's, like, really... It's like she's charting... Charting. It's like she's starting a chainsaw. Yeah. But, yeah, or, like, a lawnmower. She's really giving it to her. And then... Uh, all of, So... The tick bursts forth yeah, from the, the dog's guts. Covers her in acrylic red paint. And runs around with the, with the syringe. Like, it's addicted to heroin. Again, anti-drug metaphor. Oh, true. Yeah. We've got, like, Seth, uh, the, the psychiatrist, and now the vet, like, chasing this bug yeah. around the office. She's got, like, a, a butterfly net. She's wearing some sort of weird bathrobe. She's knocking over, like, vases that I'm not sure why she has on upper shelves yeah. in a veterinary office. In, like, her practice. Uh, oh, but it's also not a butterfly net. It's like a fish a net. A fish net? <laughs> like, even more preposterous. They catch the thing, which, like, obviously, this is a, a ginormous, mutinous tick. They, like, cut it open. More disgusting after special effects. They did a she great on, job yeah. with the special effects. They did, like, all things considered, because they do use practical effects when they easily could have tried to do... Like, this is the start of that, like, terrible CGI transition. Oh, kind of, I guess. Yeah, like, by the late 90s, they were doing, like, those, like, bug movies, which, honestly, we're 100% going to watch Lucy Lawless's uh, Killer Bees and some of those oh, other ones yeah. that are genuinely... Like, this is, honestly, this is higher compared to some of those. So... <laughs> It might sound like I'm ragging on this movie, but this movie is friggin' fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I mean, I like whenever they start talking theories or it's a dream or something, it gets crazy Dutch angles. Yeah, the camera work in this movie is absolutely nuts. And the so the vet is like, oh, it's a tick. Uh, it's a giant, giant tick. It's probably caused by uh marijuana growers in the in the mountains and they're pesticides oh does she fully explain she, that yeah she like fully explains it and and then she's like you know it could induce a state like lsd yeah i remember that she's that one like try and make us feel better about this dog dying that oh yeah that's why i was having it was just seizure. high as crap yeah it was it was going out on top and then we get bringing alfonso wandering through the wilderness trying to walk back to los angeles and naturally in a movie called ticks mm -hmm. he got ticks he cuts off and rips off his own body although if it were me i think i would pull my pants down rather than cutting my only pair of pants open 
Yeah, I, it's sort of the, like narrative imperative, though, yeah. right? Like it, we it, exists to serve. It the exists device. to have the other crap happen. Okay, Chekhov, two Chekhov's guns in one, with the next scene here. What's the next scene? This is the next scene is the one where Holly's like, "Hey, I'm gonna force oh, you to go fishing." The fishing scene and Kelly. Kelly, Kelly is on the one the who doesn't swing. talk. Yes, she's yeah, on the yeah, rope yeah. swing as well. So we introduce the rope swing, and she is like the saddest. She's sitting on top of the tire, hunched she, over. She's the only one that wants to go fishing. Yeah. Uh, when Holly makes Melissa yeah. ask people to go fishing, like, we got like her. cool Dee Dee and cool Rome, who are just like they're just like laying out being beautiful, and, and they can't be bothered. Fucking Rome. Yeah. Is shredded. Totally, man. It's because of all of the steroids. Yeah. They're on their way to go fishing, and Kelly finally talks. She reveals her big secret that after I got raped, I just got nothing to say. And it was like <laughs> totally out of left like, field. Like what? And not not that that's like a uh, something she shouldn't have said. Believe me, I am totally supportive of survivors and all and everything but the way that the movie treats it is that she discloses and just oh okay well that's enough you're the only person i'm disclosing to because you're the only person who wanted to come fishing with me yeah i don't know i well she's doing it to like get uh uh, melissa to like give her stepmother holly a chance because holly's the one that was been Helping That's Melissa, true. or not Melissa, Kelly, get through this terrible experience that she's had. So Kelly's helping uh, Holly help Melissa. Yeah, essentially. Everyone's yeah. helping everyone in this movie. They're, they are trying except to be so for supportive. Panic, yeah, except for Panic, who's trying to go it on his own. As we see when like uh, Kelly and Melissa are walking to go fish, it's like sort of intercut with scenes of Dee Dee and Rome are two mm-hmm. uh, sexy teens uh, sneaking off to Boink in this cottage in the woods that they found yeah, they somehow. just stumble across. Oh, this spooky ratted out cottage? Fun. But I mean, it's it's sort of cute in terms of how relationships in horror movies are generally portrayed. Like, they're, they're like frolicking yeah. and like... It, no one is like pressuring the other into sex. It's it seems like, like they're both positive. into it. They're like, yeah, it's not coercive, <laughs> which is nice. Like, I will say, there was something I noticed about this movie, definitely, and I think we're going to talk about that a bit later, but like, the romantic relationships are portrayed really positively and complexly. Like, the doctor and Holly and the relationship yeah. with like his daughter. It's, I can't really it's think good. of anything I don't else know. other than that. <laughs> I mean, like, the writing in this is, like, extremely hokey, but it's not, like, terrible hokey. It's like a pastiche in a way that's, like, we want you to know that this is a scrapbook. <laughs> the, the the girls, uh, Melissa and Kelly, yeah. they're fishing. And Kelly has, like, an intense fisherman yeah, hat. Yeah, she's wearing one of those, like, dad hats, I guess. And so, they, they friggin' get their lines stuck. Melissa goes out to investigate, as you do. And I love that. Even though Kelly is the expert fisher person. Well, yeah, they're sharing an experience, bud. It's a give and take with this. (laughs) Kelly's going to catch the fish. Melissa's got to net the fish. Except it's not a fish. 
It's the dead sheriff that I guess died Austin. between when he was uh, at the camp and when they've gone fishing and he's in full this morning. Of gas, filled with gas, because he's bubbling up to the he's surface. Hella dead. Then they find his car covered in trees, and you're like, oh, something's up besides the ticks. <laughs> the ticks might not be the only problem we have There's at murder of Camp Madeline. One of my favorite parts is that they just leave the car there. They don't even oh, try totally. to get a gun out of it or anything. And, like, I mean, I guess they don't know that, like, Dee Dee and Rome are mm. off-boinking because they've... they, The two of them have suddenly discovered the, uh, the, the marijuana grow-up barn mm. with our guy who's got trapped in a bear trap, getting eaten by ticks... And, like, naturally, we've got Dee Dee here strolling in. She oh. spots the weed. She's like, oh. And then she spots the, the tick sacks on the wall. Many yeah. tick sacks. And for some reason, it's like, yeah. yeah what are you doing? I'm going I'm to go get a closer look at these. What are you doing? Go back to the beautiful synthetic marijuana plants. She's essentially, like, making out with them. And She's wouldn't so you know gross. it? She puts her face... So close to them that you can see her face yeah, through they, them. Yeah, they do like a POV from yeah, like the, the, the sack. The tick's point of view, the tick sack's point of view. I don't know. If I walked and there were like quivering chicken McNuggets all over the wall, I don't think I would be like, oh, let me uh, get right up in there. Make my most vulnerable parts as vulnerable as possible. <laughs> So whatever, she's like looking at them and then uh, our bear trap guy, I think, comes up from behind. Oh yeah. And he's like, I'm, in, I'm infested. I'm infested. Like His like face is melting or... Like it's falling off because he's been picking at it and trying to get the thing out of his skin. He's got a gun he's telling a her she has to shoot them and it's so rude because he jumps he trips over her because he's allegedly blind on to on top of her and then like a tick shoots out and attaches to her neck if i am ever but i promise you if i am ever infested i will not lie on top of you and projectile a tick into you great i appreciate that man that to you right now thanks man that's very sweet. But that's what happens to her, even though this guy... Yeah, and then he goes to kill himself, yep. and he doesn't even get to, he dies before he gets to kill himself. And it's like, why didn't you think of this maybe like a day ago? Maybe? Yeah, before she even got in there. It's pretty rude. And then it's like this whole, for some reason, they show uh, mm. Carlton hallucinating in the woods. And then uh, Jerry and Sir show up. They do this like intense sort of like power exchange with uh, Alfonso, where Sir's like, oh, you like me. And then uh, his, like, lackey Jerry is like, yeah, tell him, yes, sir, I'm a faggot. And it's, like, so racist. But at the same time, in Alfonso's hallucination, it's just the exact same thing happening, but in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's sort of like a Freddy dream, almost. It's weird. And there are a lot of, like, pseudo-Freddy dreams in this. He gets shot. They think he's trying to steal... Oh, yeah, their, they think their, he's trying to steal their, their marijuana. Their silk marijuana plants. And then which they she show sets him. off a trip alarm, right? And it's literally the iPhone alarm sound. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, like maybe. the exact iPhone alarm sound. 
sorry, it happens like right when uh, Alfonso when he's hallucinating. Them. Yeah, he's hallucinating. He meets them. He like stabs the the submissive guy, and he's running away. And that's when he trips over the alarm. And then the guy shoots at him and accidentally hits one of the like oh propane it, tanks. I think. So this starts what is soon to become like. The big forest fire for our third act. Yeah, the, and again... The, Both literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and, like, it, it's the forest fire that they allude to, that the doctor is the one who alludes to, who's like, oh, you know, this these woods are a tinderbox, all that sort of stuff. Poor Panic. He's... He's, he's inf- doing his best. He's infested. His blood is sucked. He cuts himself with a knife. Uh, he gets shot. And then he almost gets set on fire in this... Like, his dog dies? Like Yeah. And, like, at the same time this is happening, uh, Rome is trying to get Dee Dee back to... He's, like, carrying her through the woods trying to get them back. Yeah. As, yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. we see the fires start to rage and all the, the ticks are getting driven inland. It's, like, a lot of stock footage of burning... Yeah. Burning bush. Oh! Oh my gosh, totally forgot. Alfonso, when he's, uh, he gets shot, and then he eats the steroids in the balloons. And that's when, like, we know that they were balloons, so I assume that they were up Rome's butt. Yeah, he's, like, downing them. Yeah, because he's shot, he, like, he, like, knows he needs to make it back, and I think we're supposed to assume it just, like, sort of works like adrenaline in this situation. It's like video game logic. It doesn't... Even come back into play. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. I again, like I think it. It was just for that particular situation. Again, uh, friggin' Rome and Dee Dee walking through the woods, trying to yeah. trying to get back. There's tic sacks everywhere. Dee She's Dee's freaking the frick out. The doctor drives up. He picks her up. Oh, yeah. In their van with the awesome L.A. law, like, blue and yellow license plates. And meanwhile, I will say, like, Rome... Pretty good boyfriend. Pretty sweet dude, for especially for a horror movie and for someone who has abs. Yeah, like, usually the, the sort of jock... I, maybe we're supposed to assume he's so caring right now because he's not on steroids. Uh, true. So, like, it's making him a better person if this is, like, a super anti-drug movie, as it's I think so obviously unc- it is. It is, but it's also very unclear. <laughs> so the forest fire uh, at this point now, right, is it's forcing all of the, the ticks back. They're back at the cabin... Yeah, they're forced to the cabin, naturally. Like, uh, lost to the flame. Is it the doctor? I think it's the doctor. He's like, damn these crazy kids. There's been a, a flip, I guess, where we learn that, like, Holly's sort of, like, the more... She's the nicer one. She's like, oh, they're they're all good kids. Because I guess now that panic's gone, these are all good kids. Because, <laughs> spoiler alert, they all survived. Yeah, it, it's... It's really, I don't understand what the metaphor is entirely. Because <laughs> if it's as straightforward as it seems, it's pretty pedestrian. And then they do, like, total dumb horror movie decision. Uh, Sir and Jerry come, like, we can hear them outside be like, oh my god, let us in. And yeah. they friggin' let them in! Just like the ticks, they are driven by the fire towards... 
uh, towards their cabin refuge. I think they're also high on oh, probably. marijuana because their entire grow up. I was so worried flame. that it was going to turn into some sort of like Marsha Gay Harden in the mist situation. Oh no. Where like they're all stuck inside and then tensions rise. Oh yeah. Someone is like, no, no, I'm the, I'm the captain. I'm, we have to human sacrifice them. <laughs> so they get in, the ticks are attacking. Oh, oh gosh. Oh gosh. Please don't kill our hair like our heroes here and it's like very unclear how they get in because they're holding the door shut and everything and then somehow sir and jerry happen to be the best tick killers in the entire well yeah they immediately kill all a hundred ticks that were all over their bodies just by stomping on them they decide that like the best chance for all of them is going to be if they get the van Oh, yeah, the va- and, and Sir, naturally... I mean, obviously this isn't going to work out well for you guys. And we know, like, Sir and Jerry are, are total douche nozzles. And, so. like, psychopaths. So, that like, we sort of know where this is going at this point. And they shoot the doctor in the butt. Yeah! Which is, like, one of the crazier things that happens. And it's literally just, like, a narrative imperative. Like, oh, we have to have some excuse for him to be immobilized yeah first we have some like there's like the uh this this submissive guy like refusing to following orders because he doesn't want to go outside i don't want to go outside and then alfonso comes back and he has perhaps one of the most dramatic death scenes of Mm. all time he's got like he's filled with ticks again they don't worry they kill the ticks at for some Somehow. reason, they explode all over Holly. If it ticks inside, apparently you can kill it no problem. And then but with like under the moon, <laughs> with his dying breath, Alfonso points to Sir and Jerry and is like, "They're they're the ones who hurt me." Yeah, like with his dying breath, they get like totally spicy about it naturally. Yeah, as, as you do when you're confronted with the crimes that you've committed. Fight breaks out. For some reason, our roided out jockman Rome can't take on this like tiny, skinny, like hillbilly crack dude. Addict? Yeah, like right. like like Jerry jumps behind the couch that Rome's on and wraps a wire around his neck and tries to strangle him. And like Rome could snap this guy. They they end up shooting, like you said. They shoot the doctor. They get like Rome in a headlock, and then they. They comment on how oily he is. Yeah, he they're is. like, oh, you're, don't you wash your hair? Dude, your face is literally covered in dirt. Like, <laughs> Yeah, dirt and, like, flour. It's so weird. And he has, there's that comb that, well, you know, the comb. He has this comb that he's constantly brushing his hair back with. But the problem is that the actor's hair is just, like, normal hair. So yeah, it doesn't like a, even need a comb. It's like a feathered sort of... Uh, like Bruce, young Feathered. Bruce Jenner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Chaos ensues, or whatever. People, well, people don't die. It's it's just person dies. Alfonso, they like argue about who's gonna go get the the van. Uh, Sir and Jerry refuse to go get the van mm-hmm. unless uh, one of the other people drives. Holly steps up because she's like a real A plus guardian. 
And she's a woman, and even though they're sexual deviants, they are willing to stoop to have sex with a woman, maybe. Well, uh, Jerry sort of, like, was chasing after Melissa at the the corner store earlier. True, she was true. getting a little little too rapey there. I, I think it was just to, like, really sell at the beginning that, like, oh, these guys hey, are... Hey, they're garbage they're, people. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're creepy jerks. Finally, what's-his-face? Sir... I can't believe I forgot that name. <laughs> Sir gets... um. Jerry to go pick up the van after they've like they've pulled their shotgun out. It's like your classic standoff. Well, we're gonna get out of here, and yeah. Sir, like when Jerry is gone, is like, come on, my good boy. Yeah, it's super creepy. They, they have the weirdest dynamic. Like I'm not sure if, like, am I? I guess I'm assuming that they're like boning there's some or like sort of there's some sort of like exchange. power dynamic going yeah. on it's really it reminds me of that guy on that uk like fetish documentary series where he's like i left my female fiance for my male dog handler and i act <laughs> like a dog and i sleep on the on the ground and, and it was like oh i'm so much more satisfied that i'm in this relationship as a human dog 24-7 than with my fiancé. Sometimes you just gotta live your bliss, man. I definitely am not kink-shaming, but it just sucks for the fiancé, I think. But who's obligated to do that? Anyways, we're not here to talk about people being dogs. We're here to talk about people being eaten by ticks. Jared goes good. The, the van, that's where we were, right? Yes. Yeah, Jerry goes to um, get the van. Uh, he freaks out, has a hallucination, drives through the front, running over Sir. Yeah, because, you know, when I... Letting the ticks in. Whenever I'm scared of something, I drive the van directly into it. Oh, you got to, man. But we're, like, again, we're assuming it's, like, some sort of, as I mentioned earlier, like, an LCD, or LCD, an LSD sort of high. That's true. That's true. Very true. So there's, like, ticks everywhere. Our good pal, Sir, gets, like, hella ticked. He's, like, covered in ticks. He he didn't die from the, the crash, though. Oh, no. Definitely he, like, not. rises from the floorboards. Very dramatic. Um, well, honestly... The way this movie is, I would not expect anything less. <laughs> Especially after yeah, he some of the, the things that have happened. He very subtly rises from the floor. Is the, is the house burning down at this point? Like, I know they all run upstairs. They're like, oh, we gotta get get, a, get away from these, these friggin... These, we gotta get away from these ticks! <laughs> uh, a big tick shows up, like a giant... Like, where, well, I guess no, we're seeing, Alfonso, like, a, a it burst out of Alfonso. Oh! See, yeah. I wasn't in the room for that either. No. It's okay. I feel like I missed out. This is why there's two of us. Exactly. Yeah. So one, one person's out there and the other one can watch the tick emerge from Alfonso <laughs> Riviero. They all, like, jump out the upstairs window. Yeah, and it's quite the jump. Uh... They, they get away except for Rome. He's the last one, being the nice, the, the tough guy. Yeah. He's helped the, the weaker the weaker folk He's get out. helped literally everyone else. He's gotten the shit beat out of him. The, He's gotten strangled. The doctor doing surprisingly well. Yeah, if I got shot in the ass, I would not be doing as well as he is. Well, you know. <laughs> I guess he's just like pushing through the pain. Mm-hmm. He's got that PMA. What's his face? Rome. 
he's getting flanked by the the big tick as everyone else is out there. He starts getting his feet bitten. It's time for Seth Green to really step up. He lights a broom on fire. Yeah. Oh. Big final confrontation. Yeah, he he climbs back up there. He has what's her face throw her that broom on fire. Melissa. It's like majestic, like it's a sword, like he's Ash catching the chainsaw in his hand or something. And then he saves Rome. And the big tick is pissed. It wants to eat Rome. It's like breaking through the door. If this is a very smart tick, I I I guess the weed made it smart. Maybe it would actually. You know what? Now that I'm thinking of it, if. If the tick came out of panic, like it gestated like alien style inside of panic's body. Yeah. And panic to the steroids. Maybe that's why it was so big and meaty. True. You know what? I bet you're right. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. And I think you're probably 100% Maybe. right about that. Because it doesn't happen with any of the other ticks. And we've seen that the ticks are sensitive yeah, to chemicals. They, they sort of stay like, I mean obviously tremendously abnormally large but oh, yeah, not definitely that big like there's there's like oh this tick is the size of a saucer versus oh this tick is the size of a range rover and it loves me they they all get out Seth Green saves the day. Yeah, throughout the whole entire movie, I was thinking, wow, there are so many people left alive. There's no one be died. A slaughter. No one died. Yeah, no one dies in this movie. I mean, well, some people die. Alfonso obviously. dies, the sheriff dies. And the dog dies. And the dog. Who else dies? The other the guy who gets uh, like the two the two bad guys and the the bear trap like the weed the weed man. Yeah. The the house is burning down. They drive off into yeah. the sunset. They leave it completely unresolved. Yeah. About uh, Dee Dee's tick situation. Mm-hmm. Like everyone else has had like ticks under their skin. She was freaking the freak out. Then they never like revisit it. Like they just like drive away. Our prologue as we like see the van and the scrapyard mm-hmm. and all the ticks fall off the bottom. Maybe hinting at a sequel that never happens. Yeah, never happens. So I guess we're just, like, assuming that, like, Dee Dee's fine, but, like, we don't really get closure on that. No, never. Like, we assume, I guess, that it's, like... Did anyone else get bit by a tick other than her? Other than Alfonso... Or not Alfonso. But, like, she she got, like, fully attached. Like, she got sucked. Oh, totally sucked. Rome just got bit in the leg. Yeah, by the big guy. He was, like, trying to to eat his legs. I hope he's okay. I think he's okay. I so. I'm assuming they're all okay, since it didn't show any of them dying or anything bad, other than, like, the... The ticks falling from the bottom of the van when it's already in the junkyard. So, thank God it took them that long. Well, I'll say... Here's what I'll say. What I think happened is that they passed into an alternate universe where Dee Dee never got bit, and that's why Tyler's name changes for no reason. Yeah, to Todd. Todd. At least two times. I swear (laughs) that they they call Seth Green Todd. First, it's it's the doctor, and then when Seth Green is brooming the big tick to death, I'm pretty sure Rome is like, "Oh, get him, Todd." So what did you think of the movie? I don't know. I liked I liked the movie. I had never seen it before. This was my first time watching it. Me too. So it was good. I've seen like similar movies. I watched like Mosquito and 
killer bees, like I mentioned before. So, which honestly, they would be fun to like do too. So, yeah, definitely. Maybe it's like a, bug a week. yeah, a bug week, like a special <laughs> dragonflies. So you were in charge of our first deep dive. Oh no. Okay. And yes. it seemed like you had something interesting about the the writer. Yeah, man. Who was uh, uh, Brent V. Friedman? Oh yeah, Brent V. V. Friedman. Brent V. Friedman. Yes, he was the writer. Uh, he also created the TV show Dark Skies from the nineties. Unfamiliar. Unfamiliar. It was only on for one season. Okay. Uh, from September 21st, 96 to May 31st, 97. It was 20 episodes. Can I tell you the tagline, bud? Of course you can tell me the tagline. History as we know it is a lie. Whoa. It's heavy stuff. That is so heavy. this was a UFO conspiracy theory show that NBC ordered to try to compete with the X-Files on Fox. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like they put a lot of work into making a show that was only on for one season. Oh my god, they love doing that, especially yeah. on Fox. And it, and it was like a like a like it was like a Lost style story arc. Like everything was planned in advance. I don't know if it was Fox, but there was this other one. It was in the early two thousands. There was like a storm, and some of them were aliens. I oh like V. It was not V. I'm Some familiar with V. It takes place in like there's like a flood. It's in Florida. It's not important. Oh, no one and there were like lights. Like, yeah, light lights under the water. I remember that, and it never went anywhere. It was one of those like all oh, secrets will be revealed, and then they never were because it was never picked up. We should look that up. Yeah, I think it just like it ended, but it was like halfway through whatever <laughs> its duration was, and when we were watching it as a fam it was just sort of like wow i can't get into this it was very fanciful if i'm remembering it correctly yeah man brent friedman so the writer of <laughs> yes this. brent freeman so his ufo show uh dark skies not to be confused with the, t the movie of the same name uh so basically aliens live amongst us yep as they often do yes and this particular show took place in the 1960s, and it followed uh, two actors, uh, Eric Close. You might know him from CBS's Without a Trace. Who? Or ABC's Nashville. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Is this the actor's shows. name or the character's the name? The actor's name. Oh, unfamiliar. Okay. What about Megan Ward? Probably not. No, General I don't. Hospital. Yeah, yeah, I no. didn't watch any of this crap either, so don't feel <laughs> bad. So, uh, the aliens are living amongst us since the 1940s, and yep. those two actors have to, I'm assuming, stop them. Okay. The aliens are known as the hive. Oh, like a, a hive of ticks. Yeah, exactly. Full so, circle, man. So, uh... There's like a clandestine, like shadow government organization called Majestic Twelve. Oh. And they're the ones helping the aliens. Okay. And it's like one of those like alternative history shows where it's like, uh, oh, like everyone's involved, like Carl Sagan and the Beatles <laughs> and like, like, the, okay, just as an example. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the season titles. There are no outlines, just the titles. And like I said, they have this all planned out. So season one, official denial, sixty one to sixty nine. Season two, progenitor, seventy to seventy six. Okay. Season three, cloak of fear. Ooh. Sounds very spooky. 77 to 86. New World Order. That's season four. That sounds ominous. 87 to 99. And finally, the last season, Stroke of Midnight. And that was not focused just on our two heroes. Oh? It was focused on the apocalyptic... Uh, war between humans and aliens that took place at the new millennium 2000-2001. Oh, naturally. Naturally, naturally. So, uh, these aliens, bud, yep. they had enslaved the greys themselves. Oh, much no. Much like our ticks from ticks enslaved the humans. Okay. And uh, they, like... So one of the things about the show is that they hired a linguist from UCLA. Okay. It was like Star Trek or uh, Navi, James Cameron. Yes. <laughs> making like an entire language specifically for these aliens that was never really used because the show it's was only one crazy season. to make an alien language. A whole alien language. Yeah, man. He also uh, wrote amazing follow-up to Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilator, which is pretty much one of the worst movies that has ever been made. That's quite an auspicious superlative. He also wrote um, Prehysteria 2 and 3, which is this, like, I watched them when I was a kid. I haven't seen them since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. But uh, this, like, I think it's, like, three, so, like, two brothers and, like, their, their older sister, who may or may not have been, like, also in Beethoven, mm-hmm. but she might have just been blonde. Um, so they have these like tiny dinosaurs. Like there's like a T Rex, uh, like long neck, and they're like cute and small. But they're alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like pet sized versions of dinosaurs. That's so cute. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't remember anything about them other than that. <laughs> See, wouldn't that have been a much smarter idea for Jurassic Park? We need to we need to find that rich and app. Yeah, just make them off. like super small. Because how are they gonna eat your assistant if they're the size of like a guppy? You know. Exactly. That's what my mom always said. Which, speaking of guppies, brings us to to our BuzzFeed quiz. Oh no! Where we find out. We, we, we thought this was fitting. Yes. We we have a BuzzFeed quiz here. We're going to find out which deadly creature we are. I have a feeling like it won't be a tick, but I also feel like perhaps... It's uh, going to be a guppy. Well, guppies are terrifying, man. Yeah, they are. So pick a murder weapon. I mean, I feel like this is not enough options. There's nine of Like, them. is this something I want to get murdered by or how I would like to murder someone or something? Well, we're going to have to ask uh, Jenny Guliami. Guliam? Okay. She's Bloodseed staff. <laughs> yes, from Australia. Oh, she's a Disney villain. And she's the one who authored this. Oh my gosh, this is so difficult. I'm going to choose a dagger for a weapon. 
I think that's pretty good. I I went with a rock. Ooh, that's good. That's like handy. Um, who's my Disney villain? This would be like the stepmom, I guess, from Cinderella. Nice. I went with. Uh, she's like she's totally mean. She's very mean. Pick a word. Mean. Illusory. <laughs> Fulsome. Alluring. Fulsome. Tr tricky. Puzzling. Fiendish. Stoic. Obscure. Toxic. Uh. I wonder if those map onto the Disney. I'm gonna go with illusory. Like, yeah, do it. I'm gonna choose toxic. Pick a color. There's at least three shades of pink here. I don't like any of them. I'm gonna choose this teal color because go it mulberry. looks like a bank. Pick a bitch face. But what if I pick the wrong face? And so I don't okay, what do we got here? What do we got here? We've got uh, Jared. Padalecki from Supernatural. We've got Joan from Mad Men. Uh, someone from Glee. Uh, Colton Hayes from Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. Lena Headey from <laughs> Game of Thrones. We've got Pam from True Blood. The Clock from Beauty and the Beast. Loki. Some Brunette. And Loki from... Uh, oh, nice. from at the she's from Once Upon a Time. And then Loki, yeah, from Thor. I'm going to pick the, the clock from Beauty and the Beast. I chose Teen Wolf because... He's cute and well, gay. I'd rather get fucked by a werewolf than any of those. He's ones. not a werewolf. He's like a lizard man. Ugh. It's too late. Pick a country. Already picked. Uh, gosh. How could I ever choose? Well, I'm not choosing Russia I guess or I'll America. choose Finland. I'm going to choose Australia. No, wait. Finland. Oh, my gosh. If pick I a pair of shoes. Do I pick the... The, the wedges, the pumps, the sensible flats, the jelly shoes. Those jelly shoes. The cowboy shoes. boots. I mean, I guess maybe maybe I'm more of a sparkly heel. I don't know. I think it would... Oh, I'm a honeybee. Oh, is that the last one? <laughs> See, and like, full circle, I started... I talked about killer bees with Lucy Lawless at the beginning. And you have a preternatural communication with Yeah, bees. I love bees. What did you get? I got the snake. Ooh, that's a good one. Just like my Chinese horoscope. Yeah. You have a sweet name and do good things, but if anyone gets in your way, they'll be going down, even if it kills you. Man, that sounds like pretty intense, BuzzFeed. Sophisticated, sleek, and oh so cunning. You strike fast and true. You have a sharp tongue shark tongue a sharp tongue and you're capable of cutting someone down even with a single bite whoa image via indonesia.weebly.com thank god well i'm There's glad no that neither of us got a tick although i'm i'm sure that was not an option because i think we both got like not as gross as the tic sac things definitely not those brains which like ideal cronin brains and also, I must say, I would rather get killed by a snake or bees than I would a tick. Yeah, Lyme disease to death. No, yeah, you. if you had to get killed by a giant bug, what bug would you pick? Or maybe a praying man mantis. Mantis? Something to bite your head off, anyway? Well, I feel like praying mantises were a common like horror trope in the 1960s. Or like 1950s, like the giant mantis. Yeah, you're right. I think there's like a giant mantis yeah. one, like the 50-foot mantis. 
I don't even know what I would pick. I'm trying to think of like something, maybe, well, no. A mosquito would be an awful choice. Mm. Something that would just like kill you really fast. I mean, I guess if it's bees, you could maybe become a candy man. Covered in honey. The baklava yeah. man. The baklava man. Mm. <laughs> All right, so first episode. Baklava. We're going to end it <laughs> with uh, something that we're going to hope to do in every episode called Six Degrees of, of Jamie Lee. Oh, dear. Okay. In which we work on a theory that you can connect any horror movie to Jamie Lee Curtis in like six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of style. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So pretty easy one in this one, honestly. Okay. Kind of surprised. So Rosalind Allen, who okay. played Holly in mm-hmm. Ticks, uh, was in Naked Gun 33 and a half. <laughs> okay. With Leslie Nielsen, mm-hmm. who is in Prom Night. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Nice one. Yeah. Good job, bud. So that one was like, that was an easy one. I tried going from like Amy Dolan's too. I'm sh- sure that there's a way you can do it. But as far as I got was uh, Lance Henriksen, Scream 3, Patrick Dempsey, Can't Find Me Love, Amy Dolan's. Mm, nice. But I, I just like, if I'm being honest, I, I got it sooner than I... I thought I would. Yeah. With Rosalind there, so. So, thank you for listening. We seriously, if you are, we we appreciate it, especially since this is our first episode. We know it probably wasn't the best, but I know we'll uh, we'll land on our feet like a diamond in the rough. We will be polished with the sands of time and experience. And I think next time we are talking about the Boogans. Yeah, definitely the Boogans. And we are definitely first blood. Definitely first blood. Bye.